Welcome to The Sunny Side, the podcast that makes solar energy relatable, accessible, and attainable. Join us as we journey behind the scenes with women taking amazing strides in all parts of the solar industry. I'm your host, Sharon Lee, and thank you for joining us today. Well, welcome to The Sunny Side. We are so happy everyone is here and listening today, and we're I'm very excited about this episode. But before we get started, I'm going to dive into Sharon's Corner, talk a little bit about what I have been doing since our last Sunny Side episode. And as usual, my life seems to revolve around sports, solar, kids' activities, and that sort of thing. And with summer vacation coming to an end, That means grumbles are coming from the boys in my house, but I am glad to be back on a schedule, busy as it may be. So my younger son has moved into nonstop preseason football practices, and hard as it is for me to say, he has entered middle school. So yep, I actually got those words out. I'm really proud of myself. So uh, that's going to be an experience, I'm sure. My older son has somehow become a high school sophomore and has his learner's permit. Let's see, we have been honked at, almost run over, pulled out in front of. We have learned to navigate roads with no shoulder, roundabouts. They are everywhere now. And imagine my fear when we're seeing a light turning yellow and he says, I'm going. And he presses the gas and off we go. This is not for the week. So <laughs> so if I don't survive this next month for the next Sunday side, you know why. But in solar news... I have had some really great conversations recently with a group of local women in the solar and renewables industry, and we are working to get a women's group together to focus on networking, mentorship, and so forth. And of course, that's the whole point of this podcast, so it all goes hand in hand. So for those of you that are in the Atlanta area, or maybe will be around September 15th, please shoot me a note. Let me know. I'll get you more information and get you on the invitation list. But for now, it's time for me to introduce my guest, which I already said I'm excited about. Brooke Heyman, she is the Renewable Customer Engagement Project Supervisor for Georgia Power. Welcome to the sunny side, Brooke. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Hey, I am so, so thrilled. I love your energy. I love it when we get together. Although I think to get us started, my curiosity is up. How did a communications major from the College of Charleston end up in renewables? Tell us how you got here. Like everybody, I'm sure my career did not take like a perfectly linear path from college I have a communications degree, like you said, from College of Charleston. And so I thought I was going to be like some kind of magazine editor or maybe policy writer or, you know, some sort of hotsy totsy reporter and quickly realized right out of college that reporters are like woefully under respected and underpaid. And so I pivoted and started doing some policy work, which sort of, I did that for a couple of years. And then that sort of landed me after that at Southern Company, where I worked on, really, I started with the company doing external affairs on the wholesale side of the business and um, got to work on a couple of our renewable acquisitions on the wholesale side of the business. So that was really like my first taste of renewables when we acquired a facility, a solar facility in New Mexico, and then a biomass facility in Texas. And then 
moved over to the retail side of the company with Georgia Power. And that was right around the time when we were starting to kind of dip our toes in into some really serious renewable programming. And they were looking for folks that had, you know, any renewables experience. And so the timing just worked out. And I've been doing that since pretty much the end of 2012. All right. Well, it sounds straightforward to me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we've both been in renewables in Atlanta, essentially, since there has been a renewables, Mm -hmm. in particular, solar industry in Atlanta. So that's a great start. But tell me what changes you've seen over these last years. Oh, my gosh. So many changes. You know, it's incredible because there's been both like industry changes, but there's also been these cultural changes. And I think those have both impacted the industry. You know, we're seeing, obviously, there's been a ton of efficiency advancements. And so we're getting more power out of facilities than we used to get, which means that the economics are looking a little bit better on on renewable facilities, but and just in the renewable industry in general. And then you have technology advancements with more battery storage and um, new emerging technologies. And so that's a really cool piece. But then you add in sort of this like cultural layer of just you have more companies that are pursuing ESG goals. And so you've got, you know, more companies of, of everyday products, you know, things that, you know, we as consumers look at every single day, businesses that we choose to patronize or places we choose to purchase things from. And, you know, and you'll see that they all have these little stamps that says that they're carbon neutral or, you know, they're doing their part. You didn't see that 10 years ago. You only saw it with the biggest, boldest companies, you know. And so I think we're seeing some real momentum on that side of just business and industry. And so that is really influencing what we do both as a utility, but also just in general, you know, in Georgia, in the Southeast, you know, in, in how we look at renewable programming, because our customers want more programs. It used to be really just a premium program for a select slice of customers. And now we're seeing, you know, all customers want more renewable options. And so I think you kind of have those two things, which is, you know, just lower cost renewables, but also a greater appetite for renewables. And so, and like, just our workforce is changing, right? We're getting more millennials and Gen Z, Zennials. I don't know, what what do we call those? And so different attitudes about working. And so I think all of that is sort of playing into this industry because it's a fun kind of still newish industry. And so I think a lot of that is playing into the changes that we've seen from 2012 to now 2022. Right. And I love I love the idea that it's not just for them anymore. I mean, just for the elite or the, you know, I mean, these are for local companies, people that are that have their own goals for their own reasons and they're able to attain them. And I love that we can hand in hand get them there. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to share a memory. I was thinking back that we were at the very first WISE event, which is mm-hmm. Women in Solar Energy, that was done in Atlanta. So at the time, I was the president of the Georgia Solar Energy Association. You were representing Georgia Power, and you were on one of our panels. Can you can you remember what your topic was? What were we talking about back then? I, You know, I don't remember exactly what my panel topic was. If I'm thinking back to that time period, I know what I was doing in my career within renewables. I was doing utility scale development, which means that I was building 
authorized project managing, construction of utility scale facilities, or, you know, helping with our PPA, our RFP, where we go out, our request for a proposal to go out and get these large power purchase agreements. So that's what I would have been specifically working on. But if I had to guess, I probably wasn't fully representing that on the panel. I was probably more just chit-chatting like I always do. But you know what is so cool about that memory, though? is that as I'm thinking back on that, and I think about the other people that were there, now keep me honest here, but I think it was you and me and Jamie Barber, who's uh-huh. with the Public Service Commission, still yep. with the Public Service still Commission. There. And then I think Mary Britton, and Mary she's Britton been a guest there. on your podcast. And then I think Jeanette Gare was there as right. well. And she's still pretty involved in the renewables industry. And so I want to say there were a couple other folks there, but just as I kind of and thinking about who was sitting to my left and who was sitting to my right, those are kind of still the people sitting to my left and my right. And I love that. Um, so that's a cool memory. That is a cool memory. And I'm thinking about, you know, you talking about utility scale programs back then. Utility scale mm-hmm. was defined a lot different than it is now. I mean, yeah. it's a completely yeah. different animal, much smaller back then. Yeah. And also, you know, that's, what we were mostly focusing on back then. Um, You know, we had some distributed generation programs, but we certainly didn't have all of the, you know, DER type of programs or behind the meter focus or any of that kind of stuff that, that we're, you know, we're starting to see the industry evolve more into because it was really more about utility scale is where, you know, the economies of scale are. And so that's what we're going to focus on. And now we're really focusing on utility scale, but what kind of programming can we do, you know, with those utility scale PPAs? And so, you know, that's also an interesting evolution. It really is. But, you know, a lot of that whole conference was about mentorship. And Mm -hmm. that is something near and dear to both of our hearts. So do you have either a program that you follow at Georgia Power or do you just have a way of mentoring young women that are entering the industry? Tell me a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that particular event, the women's networking event, that wise event, I actually brought like five of my female coworkers to that event because I was like, yeah, here we go, girl squad. I'm going to be on a panel, but that to me is sort of the spirit of mentorship is you have to build, you know, you have to build horizontally and vertically because I can't do it all on my own. Right. And so I think one of my goals since I've been in renewables is to one, continue to recruit really great women into the renewables organization, chicks that know what they're doing, chicks that have great personalities and love to develop, you know, other people. And so trying to figure out how to build that crew just laterally, and then really working on what is the next generation of people look like within the renewables organization and and just, you know, within the utility in general, I think, you know, mentorship is so important because we're kind of considered or looked at as an old school industry or an old school business. And so it's not like the sexiest of places if you're doing, you know, the recruiting fair at colleges. And so I think continuing to look for talent, young talent, and then and develop them and give them, you know, all of the things that young talent want now, which is flexibility, which is autonomy, which Mm -hmm. is increased responsibility at a younger age, you know, working towards those sorts of things with that younger generation is super important. 
But in terms of like a formal mentorship program, Southern Company in general does an amazing job with that. We have all of these employee resource groups for, you know, all different types and walks of life of people. And so if there is something that you are interested in, I guarantee you that Southern Company Georgia Power has an employee resource group. And those really provide the opportunity for mentoring, for you to get matched up with other leaders within the company and to learn about other disciplines within the company. And so that's one thing that I think, you know, we do a really, really good job of as a large company is just ensuring that we give folks a lot of exposure, a lot of experiences. And and when folks want you know, want a mentor, we find one for them. And we hold our leaders accountable to to mentoring other folks. So not just inside the company, but also outside the company. We have a big, you know, focus on external mentorship as well. So yeah, mentorship is super important to me because, you know, at some point, I'm not going to live on this earth anymore. And there's got to be other people to do the job. So they, they can't do the job unless we train them right. That is exactly right. Well, well said. It's also interesting when you look in the dynamics of who makes up the renewables arena there, you know, you think of Georgia Power, you think about it as being very male dominated and that sort of thing. But your group seems to attract women. I know that you in some ways may seek some of them out maybe, but, you know, I think it's just interesting that there is that attraction to that particular division. Is there anything you can elaborate on that about? Yeah, you know, I don't know what it is. It might be because it is just a little bit more forward thinking. We're getting to do, you know, a lot of new cool stuff that might be part of it. But I think it's sort of the diversity begets diversity thing. And so, you know, the more diverse of a group that you are, I think the more attractive you are to other diversity, whether that's folks that are later in their career, folks that are younger in their career, black, white, female, male, I think because we've done a really good job of creating a really diverse team. And honestly, I would love to say it was super intentional, but it wasn't. Not in terms of what we typically think about in terms of physical diversity. I know that when I was building my team, when we were, you know, three people and we were growing from three to nine, my direct report team, I was looking for diversity in experience because I knew that that would help me personally was to have a bunch of people that had really diverse sets of experience because my team touches so many different parts of the business. And so I wanted people that were strong in different areas of the business. And so that naturally created, you know, some physical diversity within my organization. And I think a lot of companies are focusing on that, to be honest, is Mm -hmm. figuring out how can we continue to build more of a diverse diverse workforce. It's just, I have the fortune of getting to already be in a very, very diverse team. Right, right. Well, so let's shift gears just a little bit. I think it's pretty amazing that as large as Georgia Power and the Southern Company is, that your team remains very accessible. And you actually welcome folks to reach out to you. You can discuss the system that they're considering or planning to install, kind of guide them and provide resources for them. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. You know, we really do try to be accessible, particularly for our team. We've seen a a tremendous growth in volume and volume of customers seeking renewable programs or participating in renewable programs or just wanting to know more about renewable programs. And so that volume was something we certainly had to get adjusted to. But as we become more adjusted to that, that it really is a high priority for us. 
And nothing makes any of us on our team more anxious than when we, a commercial customer, for instance, comes to us and they've already installed something and maybe they didn't get perfect information on the front end, or maybe they didn't get to talk to us before they did their installation, you know, and they're anxious. They want to get their, you know, they want to get their permission to operate. That makes us super anxious. And honestly, I think we've had a couple of experiences with that that have just motivated us to continue to try and make sure that that the market, you know, the industry, folks like you know that we're super accessible. Like if you have questions, if you want to know if that facility can be connected at that size, at that transformer, and you want to know about that customer's peak demand, you know, we definitely want to work with customers to help them find the right renewable option that works within our program requirements and works within our rules and regulations. And so, yeah, thanks for mentioning that because we just, we really do try to be accessible as, as much as the volume is there, we try to be as accessible as possible because we don't want customers making bad decisions or stuck with an installation that they can't operate the way that they want to operate it. Well, and there's so many specific rules that pertain directly to specific states and and all of that. So that local knowledge, folks, I'll say, I'll go ahead and plug Velo, like Velo, (laughs) in the community that get to know their local utilities and get to know the specific rules. There's different rules for EMCs. There's different rules for Georgia Power that, you know, so all that stuff is so, so important. I mean, it's, it's critical. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing is, is we have a lot of different programs, right? It's one of those things that's a great thing, but it can be really challenging because we have so many different programs to participate in. We've got DG programs and we've got a couple different DG programs. And then we've got behind the meter programs, but we've got a couple different behind the meter programs. And so it's really about understanding the program requirements for each of the unique programs is super important. And that's not saying that somebody that is from as state can't figure all that stuff out. They certainly can, but, but it is an advantage being in-state, particularly if you've been involved in the development of those programs from the outside and, and seeing the evolution of those programs, I think it gives you a little bit deeper of an understanding of, you know, the intricacies of those and why the rules are the way they are for each of those programs. So I think that's something just critical to keep in mind. And again, underscores that need for reach out to us. If you don't think you understand it all the way, reach out to us because we want to make sure you understand what can and can't be done. And we really want to work with the installer community to give customers the right solution for their needs because mm-hmm. we got a lot of customers with a lot of renewable goals and needs and we want to be part of the solution but we just really want to work to find that solution on the front end instead of on the back end. Well, you know, I've said many many times that generally building the solar project is the easiest part. And so I think yeah. that's going hand in hand with what you're saying right there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, so let's back up just a little bit just for talking about the way the setup is and that sort of thing. So Georgia Power is a regulated utility and the Public Service Commission is the regulating body. So can you talk about the relationship and how that works? Yeah, so you're exactly right. We are an investor-owned utility. We are regulated by the Georgia Public Service Commission. And we have, you know, I think a, a really constructive relationship with the Public Service Commission. Working with them is critical to our success. It's critical to us, you know, designing and delivering programs that customers want. It's critical to us being able to operate our system and our generation that is the most reliable, low-cost system. So I think 
every utility is well served by having a constructive relationship with their regulators. And that doesn't mean that it's it's a perfect relationship all the time. That doesn't mean that, you know, we necessarily get everything we want or that we don't face scrutiny on, you know, on our programs or on our requests. We certainly do. And I, I think that is part of the constructive, you know, relationship that you have to have with the Public Service Commission. And, you know, the other part about that is, is that the Public Service Commission is specifically tasked with ensuring that we, along with, you know, all the other entities that they regulate, that we are doing right by customers and not just solar customers, but all customers. And they also have the opportunity to interface directly with the public, to interface directly with our customers. And so we may not always get the direct feedback from our customers about what works and what doesn't work. And we may not always get the direct feedback from some of our adversaries uh, about what they think works and doesn't work. And so I think the Public Service Commission serves a really critical role in, in helping to govern that and to keeping the channels of communication open and, and ensuring that at the end of the day, customers are protected. Right. And you all just concluded this year's IRP, which is the yep. resource plan. So I think that we can say that there's positive takeaways from the standpoint mm-hmm. of solar, especially distributed generation solar. Um, do you mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about what the IRP is and any highlights from this year that you want to talk about? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. We just completed our integrated resource plan process. So we file an integrated resource plan every three years. We filed this IRP in January of 2022. And we just at the end of July just received kind of had our final hearing in the IRP process. And we are still waiting on our final order. But you know, the results pending the final order, which should be pretty consistent with the last hearing, we're really, really positive in terms of renewable growth. You know, we're continuing to see more and more renewable growth here in Georgia. And, you know, just if I'm taking it all the way back from where we started at the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about 10 years ago. And I think about where we were 10 years ago with the first big solar procurement program that was approved, the Advanced Solar Initiative. That was, Mm -hmm. I think, the first little chunk of that was 210 megawatts. That's right. And now here we are 10 years later, and we just had more than 2000 megawatts approved in this integrated resource plan of renewable procurements and programs. And that's in addition to additional battery energy storage demonstrations. That's in addition to some distributed energy resource management research that we're going to be doing. And so I think what we're really seeing in this IRP is we use this term transformational, which is, you know, a little little cheesy, but it really is spot on because we are literally trying to take our system from the system that was this large central station generation. You know, we had a lot of coal, a lot of natural gas and taking it into the future and really trying to be more carbon free with our generation resources and at the same time provide more renewable programs for customers to participate in as they have those goals. And so we're really trying to do two things. And I think with this IRP, we you know, took another step in the right direction of those two things, which is figuring out how to clean up our own portfolio and make sure that it's, you know, we can continue to provide reliable, low cost energy, Mm -hmm. you know, with clean resources, but then also delivering programs to customers so that they can 
participate in additional renewable programs outside of our generation resources. So yeah, this IRP was really good progress towards that. And I think, you know, ultimately we're projecting to be over 50% carbon-free resources by 2030, I think is our latest statistic. It might be, you know, a little bit above that, you know, including the results from this most recent IRP. But that's great news for all of our customers is that just by virtue of being a Georgia Power customer, you are continually being uh, getting the benefit of clean energy. Right. Well, you know, and a lot of people think of the rate case as being the same as the IRP, or at least that they go hand in hand, and they kind of do, they build off of each other, but they're yeah. not the same thing. So can you talk about the difference between that and the rate case that's still going on? Yeah, yeah. Good point. So we have like our regulatory year, right? And so the beginning of the year starts the IRP and then the end of the year is is the rate case. So we filed our rate case. That's also, you know, a three year process. I was remiss in saying the IRP is filed every three years, but it's supposed to be a 20 year look on, you know, how we're going to serve customers reliably and for the next 20 years. So the rate case sort of follows right after the IRP. And that's really where we take a look at, okay, we know how we're going to serve customers. Now, what is it going to cost to serve customers? What's the impact on customers to serve them that way? And so we filed our rate case in June, and that should be completed sometime, you know, mid to late December. And it follows kind of a similar regulatory path. We, we, make a big filing. And then there are folks that intervene in the process and we continue to take feedback and make sure that we're considering everything from all angles. And then ultimately the public service commission will vote on our rate case and approve some things and maybe not approve other things. But, you know, again, that's part of that kind of constructive regulatory relationship and environment, just ensuring that we consider all sides of it. Right. Well, we might have to pick this conversation back up after the first of the year and talk about how things actually did play out and then kind of what the outlook for the future will be because of how they wound up. Yeah, these things date themselves very quickly when you're talking about, you know, just our regulatory filings, because had we had this conversation in January, even though that doesn't seem like that long ago, probably what I would have said would have been a little bit different than what I'm saying right now, just because it's so dependent upon that entire regulatory process and what comes out of that process. So yeah, definitely January, we'll definitely have more information in January about what the future holds. So I would love to come back. All right, well, I'm calling it a date. We'll definitely do that. So yes. in the meantime, tell folks where they can find you if they have questions or want to discuss renewables in general. Yeah. So you can always go to our website, georgiapower.com backslash solar, and you can get information about all of our solar programs, whether that's our procurements or whether that's just, you know, our solar programs. You can find all of the information you want, utility scale, distributed generation, behind the meter. It's all there. My team in particular, we run the behind the meter programs. And so if you're very interested in the behind the meter programs, you can go to georgiapower.com backslash BTM and find more information there. And then there should be links on both of those pages for folks to be able to reach out to us via email if they need information beyond what's on the website. Okay. And we'll make sure we put those links on our website as well when we load this podcast. Yeah. Up. So anyway. Yeah. Well, Brooke, it has been great chatting with you today. I can't thank you enough for joining us and you know talking through what all is going on. I look forward to our next walk down the belt line, of course, and yeah. hearing more about what's going on at Georgia Power as things are uh, constantly changing. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. I just, I love you. I love our history together. I love, you know, I, I, as I told you, when you invited me, anytime someone gives me the opportunity to stand (laughs) up and talk about renewables, I'm going to stand up and talk about it. I'm sure my friends, family, coworkers are all sick of listening to me talk, but (laughs) thank you for providing me another avenue to broadcast my voice. Whether or not people want to hear it is, you know, still, still to be seen, but thank you for giving me another soapbox to stand on. Well, fantastic. And I look forward to seeing you at our women's event and all around the Beltline. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sunnyside podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review. You can also email questions, suggestions, and compliments to Sharon at velosolar.com. The Sunnyside is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Sharon Lee. 